Welcome to the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. Your hosts, Danielle Sullivan, National Director at Curriculum Associates, and Sari Labaris, Social Communications Manager at Curriculum Associates, are here to share actionable tips, best practices, and success stories to improve your classroom and drive student learning. Enjoy, and thanks for listening. Hi, everyone. This is Danielle. Hey, everyone. It's Sari, and welcome back to the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. We know there's a lot happening right now, and we hope we can provide you with insights, tips, best practices, and breathing room from the critical work you do. We are here to support teaching and learning wherever it is taking place. And we are very pumped for today's episode. We have with us a very special guest, extraordinary educator, Mindy Gear, who is based in Michigan. So welcome, Mindy. We're so glad you could join us. Thank you for your time. And we'd love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners. All right. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. Um, my name, like you said, is Mindy Gear. I teach third grade in Kentwood, Michigan. Um, this is my 20th year teaching. And um, I've been in third grade for the majority of my teaching career, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Wow, 20th year. Um, what a year this has been. So can you describe your year? Are you, were you virtual, hybrid, um, all of it? And wh what's happening currently in your classroom? Sure, it, is, it has been a very interesting year. Um, our district started out the year with two weeks virtual for elementaries. Um, so that was back in August. Then we, our families had um, the option to stay virtual with a virtual grade level teacher from the building um, or to return face to face. And really they looked at the numbers of students um, I've had the majority of my kids face-to-face -face now for the whole year. So I've had men, most of them, I'd say 90%, um, since August. There's been a couple that have gone back virtual to face-to-face, -face, but the rest of them, <clears throat> they've been the same. Um, so we had those two weeks virtual, then uh, that was everybody, and then back to face-to-face, -face, and then there was another week after Thanksgiving, where we were all virtual. Um, and now, I, oh, and then one after Christmas break. So we're, we're been in a long haul right now, face to face, which is so good for the kids. That's a lot. Yes. I mean, just, just I know, I was trying to. Year. Yeah. <laughs> and I would love to hear besides just the fact that you're at home or you're in the building, like you've been teaching for, for two decades now, like in, and obviously this year is different. Um, but if you could pinpoint just like how how have you kind of coped with that and accepted it? And like what what made this year unique besides again, just like the physical place from where you're teaching? Sure. Um I heard um somebody say this, and I don't remember actually if I read it or heard it, but this year, like starting it, it's unfinished learning. Like we're kind of picking up where we left off last year, if we kind of know where that is, um, and just going going with that. Um, I think th the kids are, you know, the kids are what makes it. Um, there are pockets where we have to review a little bit more than we would want to, but um, 
you can, you know, it's not, I, I've heard people say that are not in education, you know, all the kids are behind, all the kids are behind. Well, they're, they're not really, they're really not. It's just unfinished learning that we have to um, fill in those gaps. Um, yes, this year is different than any other year that I taught. Um, but every year is different, you know, and I look at the positives of this year. I have 17 kids, you know, we've gone in some areas a lot farther than I would ever get having my normal 27, 28 kids. Um, so I think I've gotten to know all 17 more personably um, than I have in other years and really had that chance to have, um, I think, a closer relationship with each of them. That's so interesting because I feel like there are a lot of practices that we know, like that smaller class size, like that just makes a lot of sense. Like having 17 versus 27 students in a classroom um, makes sense because they do can have, they can have more personalized attention. And it took a pandemic <laughs> to go back to having 17 <laughs> students in your classroom. Um, what are some strategies that, that are your go-to engagement strategies that are still working and maybe what are some new strategies you've had to implement because of the social distancing and mask wearing in classes? Um, well, I do a lot through Google Slides and um, just the engagement in my lessons with those, I've held on to that. That has been beneficial if we've gone virtual because that's easy for the kids to access through Google Classroom. Um, yeah, wearing masks, you know, kids have done fabulous with that. Very few reminders in my room of, you know, pull up your mask, um, put a mask on. You know, one thing about engagement is we I try to get them to laugh more. It's really quiet this year. You know, it's we don't have our district um, doesn't have specials that the kids leave or we don't have a teacher coming in. So they're with me all day um, and we have a short recess. So try to get them up and moving. We do some cardio drumming. Um, we'll do some movement activities. Um, we've taken a lot more breaks because they are sitting. They are um, more sedate, you know? I really think about the noise level and this year there's not very, there's not a noise level. <laughs> It's it's just very calm, um, yeah, and quiet. Sometimes a little eerie. So getting them to talk, um, if they can, in a small group, because then again, there's the social distancing. But um, yeah, get them up, get them moving, get them laughing. I love that, and I think the noise level is such a or just an interesting way to think about it, right? Because people think like, okay, kids are here, they're here, they're where they're learning from, but not necessarily like just the way from the teacher's perspective that, that they, that they hear or see. And it's like, how does my classroom sound? Why is this unusual? And I'm sure it's really hard because of the social distancing. You can't do the small group work, or if you do, you, you need to have your groups, you know, further away from each other and, and partner work and just all the little pieces that make up the joy of, of learning. And, and I'm sure your why, why you teach are just, are just so different. But um, I think we also appreciate too your, perspective on it's just unfinished learning and we need to just pick up where they are and move forward which is what what you do every year no matter what 
So it's really interesting. So what are, how are you approaching unfinished learning? What are some things that you are considering or thinking about? And even as you start to wrap up the school year, move into next school year. Um, every year we talk to um, grade levels below, you know, about what, um, what maybe you didn't get to, what maybe um, you needed to spend more time on. So I think that has been, those conversations have been happening a lot more this year. Um, I had a big eye opener when I was teaching time, thinking, why, why are there so many questions? Why are so many kids asking me or not knowing the little hand and the big hand and things like that? And then talking to second grade teachers, they didn't teach time. That's when we were all shut down. So those big aha moments of, okay, now I need to look back at um, second grade standards and where do I need to fill that in so um, they're ready to move on to the next thing. Um, so yeah, talking to grade level teachers below. And I know as the year wraps up, we were talking about this the other day in the lounge that we need to share the information now with um, the grade ahead of us and the grade below below us, because hopefully we'll get through everything. Um, but, you know, there may still be those little pockets that we didn't spend as much time on because we needed to um, reteach or even teach skills that weren't taught last year. You know, again, vertical planning has been something that so many elementary school teachers have wanted to do. Um, I taught fifth and sixth grade special education. And if Sarah, you taught third grade yourself. I taught third grade for a hot second. They were too little. Um, and then I taught first grade for a super even smaller hot second. Too many hugs. I like the sarcasm in sixth grade. So that was where I settled. Yeah. But just knowing what was coming before what skills maybe they do or don't have yet. And then again, collaborating with the grade level um, after yours, like just understanding the progression of the standards, all of that work was so critical. Mm -hmm. So again, it's interesting that it took a global pandemic to <laughs> kind of prioritize some really good teaching practices. Mm -hmm. I do want to ask, do you use the prerequisite report from iReady and has that helped save you any time? Yes. Yes, it has. Um, um, what do I want to say about this? So it has looking at where kids, you know, where, where they are in each of the domains, um, where they need to go. Um, I think I ready, you, you know, I've been using it, I want to say for six, maybe years, I piloted it in the building before we, um, actually the district, um, adopted it. And, um, you know, I think teachers, we try that for that 45 plus minutes in both reading and math each week. But I, this year, it's been so helpful. Kids can do I ready at home. If we go virtual, we send Chromebooks home with the students so they have them. And um, so we can see where they are, we can adjust their instruction if needed. And it also shows us, you know, where, okay, everybody in time, if um, they're not scoring where they should be, you know, we can um, adapt our instruction. I don't even know if I answered your question. No, you, def you definitely did. It was essentially what you were saying before about how you're teaching, but, but this is providing more 
more data and pinpointing exactly like, because you can't reteach all of second grade for your students, yeah. for example, but it's like, <laughs> where are those gaps in their learning and then continuously still exposing them to the grade level content like you did with your time problems. I still have nightmares about teaching a last time in third grade, but it's amazing you do that. Um, but just knowing like, oh my goodness, there's a foundational skill missing here and starting there rather than spending all of your time trying to catch them up because then you're not giving them the grade level content either. So that's really great. And let's be honest, I'm in my 40s and I still struggle with a big hand and little hand. <laughs> right? There I are mean, often times, yes, where even saying the Pledge of Allegiance, I, or other times where I think I have to go, right? Okay, Pledge of Allegiance, which hand? I, I think that's just something oh, with teachers. Oh, I do the L's. Oh, the L to know the <laughs> left. Too, yes. <laughs> I mean, there's uh, some things that are just, because we have everything digital now, I, yes. and telling time and analog clock. And once I stopped being a teacher, that's how we told time. Like, I could tell you right to the minute, and I knew when my students would be in my room, mm -hmm. down to the very second of the tick of the clock. But since I've been out of teaching in a classroom, everything I look at is digital. So even when you go an analog clock, it's just, you know, life skills. Um, but I do want to dig in because this is so exciting that you're talking about unfinished learning. It's not exciting that they have it. It's exciting that we're talking about. It. I just want to be clear, <laughs> clear with <Yeah>. my excitement. <laughs> what would you, um, as other educators are listening and grappling with the same thing, are there things off the top of your mind or strategies or just recommendations from your, you know, two decades of experience of where educators should start or even planning they could do over the summer? I mean, we talked about vertical planning. We talked about um, sharing that information, even once you know what you've covered for the year, but just other wisdom around um, thinking about the task as we even move into the fall of a new academic year. Sure. And, you know, that's, I guess, you know, I think a plan for the worst, but hope for the best. Um, just knowing where, where your kids are coming from, the grade below, um, what the teacher, yeah, vertical planning. I think that that's huge. Um, I often refer to um, the coherence map in Achieve the Core. Mm -hmm. For math, it's like my, it's a tab on my computer and I'm constantly in that just to see where they should have the standard before and the standard after. Um, yeah, it's, you know, a lot of this year has just been kind of fly by the seat of your pants. You know, we're kind of just thrown into this um, teacher wise and kids and learning this all together. But um, I'm a big planner, so I'm already thinking about next year and where I need to start um, the year in math, in reading. And yeah, I, I would just, my advice would be to know where your kids are coming from. So what they had and where you need to start. That's, That's super helpful. Thank you. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better ourselves. We've been we've been talking so much about unfinished learning and where to start and best practices, but you've you've made it all just very real and not abstract. So thank you. <laughs> and thank you for all you do. It's 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 really inspiring and just hearing what you've gone through this year and, and how it's different is it's quite heroic. Yes. Thank you. And unfortunately, that is all the time we have. 
um, for today. Time flies when you're talking about learning, but we do want, we've been asking other extraordinary educator, educators we've um, interviewed on the podcast. You kind of gave your parting advice around unfinished learning and how to approach that, but do you have any other just wisdom for educators who are listening as they just were whenever they're listening, <laughs> whatever in the sure. year, whenever they define the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, you know, we can all get sucked into the negativity around education in education, in anything we do. And um, I heard somebody say the other day, you know, instead of being bitter, be better, be better. So looking at the positives, looking at the things that have come from this, looking at vertical planning that we're going to do more of, hopefully, looking at how our kids, we can form those relationships and how important those relationships are. Um, another little um, positive, I think, for our district is that we're just coming off um, parent-teacher conferences, and we did phone calls in Zoom. And our percentage of getting a hold of our kids' grownups has been much higher than having them come here. We have a huge um, EL population. So, you know, on the phone, parent-teacher conferences with a um, interpreter um, system that we have that we the d district has bought, that right there, that's a huge positive for us. And like you were saying earlier, takes a pandemic. But, you know, these are good things that are coming that we can look at. So be better, not bitter. I love that. I think we'll name this episode Silver Linings because there yeah. are there are <laughs> as hard and how awful and tragic and everything that happened, there are things that we can learn from. And I think your quote just sums it up perfectly. Like you have you have a choice here and what's going on is out of our control, but what we can control is what we do about it. So thank you so much, Mindy. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh my goodness. Of course. We so appreciate you. And in the show notes, we will link to some other resources if you're interested in how um, potentially iReady can help you with uncovering and discovering unfinished learning. We're happy to point you in the right direction there, but we, and where else can people find us on the social medias? Yes, they can find us on Twitter at Curriculum Associ and on Instagram, my iReady. Please be sure to tag us in your post so we can see the work you do every single day. If you had feedback about the podcast, a topic of interest, or want to be a guest, you can email extraordinaryeducators at cainc.com. This is about you. We are here for you. We appreciate you. And until we meet again, be you, be true, be extraordinary. This podcast is produced by Curriculum Associates and is the copyrighted material and intellectual property of Curriculum Associates. This